know it's true. Nobody ever really quits. Smokers, smoker. When the chips are down, and your chips are down. I'm fine. You shut the hell up. Will you look at that? Those hookers let you down. What are you gonna do when you run out of gas? Call AAA. You sucker for the babes. You ain't even gonna make it to the pits. You shut the hell up. I'll make it. Not unless you keep your eyes on the road, sugar pie. Watch it! Ah, this is great. Just like being in a body movie. <laughs> shut up! <laughs> Boy, you're screwed, eh? It's over. You're flushed. This time I can't bring myself to tell him to shut up. Sure is an asshole. Sure is dead. Sure I'm just imagining that he's talking. None of that stops the bastard from being absolutely right. I don't have a chance in hell about running this cop. Not in this heap. Pull over! The only question left is whether I'm gonna kill him or not. Tough call. For all I know, he's an honest cop, regular guy. Working stiff with a mortgage, a wife, and a pile of kids. My hand moves all on its own, sliding one of my guns to my lap and thumbing back the hammer. I don't know what to do. You better stop. You're making him mad. Whatever you say. trilogy in theory my name is webb and this is my co-host mike we finish our trilogy here with 2005's sin city a robert rodriguez production with frank miller uh he was so adamant that frank miller get directing credits i think he left the uh, uh what was it the, the director's guild to ensure that frank miller would get the uh credit he deserved i think he also left john carter which <laughs> that, that ended up being uh, maybe good for him. Uh, could have saved Disney a lot of money. Maybe if he, would, you know, Rodriguez had come in and done it, maybe on the cheap. Oh uh, yeah, that would have been would have been fine with them. But I believe he was. It was uh, they were going with the working title of uh, Princess of Mars, I think, instead of John Carter. But uh, yeah, I believe that's what he was attached to. And I had this really like dates me. 
uh, I just remember Harry fucking Knowles and Ain't Cool News saying this was a travesty because <laughs> goddamn Frank Miller, <laughs> this was happening. <laughs> you know, Harry Knowles has that, you know, mutant power uh, to where he can like turn you against anything that you previously had no opinion on. And I just remember then and there, like, fuck John Carter. Like, <laughs> fuck this, like, <laughs> this disgusts me. But yeah, good for. Well, I haven't. I never saw the Spirit Web. So was it good in the long run? Yeah, I. I don't know. I did not see it either. I, and I don't. I'm pretty sure that's a consensus. I don't know how many people did. <laughs> in fact, I don't know how many people saw uh, uh, Sin City: A Dame to Kill for. We can talk about that towards the end as well. But you know, this is the first anthology film that we're discussing since Creep Show. So uh, a. Going way back. Yeah, absolutely. Back to the beginning. Uh, uh, for the people who have weirdly followed our podcasting careers. <laughs> you know? You laugh at them. Yeah. <laughs> Why, that's our natural reaction. <laughs> the, the anthology film is a rare thing. You know what? Scary Stories actually uh, uh, just came out, and I think that was also an anthology film. And, and maybe it works in Kinda, horror. Kind of, sort of. I mean, they, they lean heavily into the... Uh, if you're going with the Sin City, Sin City comparison, it would be like if Josh Hartnett stepped into every story yeah. and like led you through them, that sort of thing. Did this work for you as a film? Uh, when I first saw it, I absolutely hated it, and I'm kind of upset at myself huh. because, wow. yeah, Frank Miller, it was either you like loved whatever he did or you hated whatever he did. And you could absolutely look at his film, uh, excuse me, um, bibliography. And see, oh, well, I hate that, love this, hate that, love this. Because he's just that kind of a writer. And I'm upset at myself because my theatrical viewing was very negative. My friend actually had to be like, I love this movie so much, I will buy you your fucking ticket so that you go and watch this. And I guess I went in kicking and screaming. I was like, oh, it's too violent (laughs) and it's too gross and this isn't funny. And I'm kind of upset at myself. Boy, you're... You were just a peach to be around that day. That poor guy was so <laughs> I know. excited about Sin City coming to the silver screen. I was like, no, the real comic book here is Harvey Picard. All right? Not not this freak. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I look back at that time now, and I'm, I, I'm frustrated with myself that I didn't enjoy the film in this theatrical experience because you got to you know, seeing it on the big screen and stuff. I wish I was more open-minded to it. Um, I enjoy it quite a bit now. Um, I was worried after watching A Dame to Kill For. I was like, oh my god, was Sin City bad? And uh, having rewatched it, I do not think it's bad. Did did the anthology, you know, these different stories that connect very loosely but ultimately don't really have anything to do with each other, did that work for you? Do you think this is a proper film or is it, you know, a few stories masquerading as a film? I mean, it's it certainly fits the title, right? We're going to hop around the city. We're going to show you oh. how sinful it is. What more do you want? Yeah. This is, good Lord, Webb, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're serving it up to you. That's <laughs> Just true. we told you. No, I, okay, so behind the scenes, uh, I didn't go back, and honestly, I haven't that often. Uh, maybe when it first came out on DVD, not the original one, because I think you had, I don't know if it was like a year-long wait before they brought out the nicer version where you could watch them just as individual sort of short films. I just watched this, well, I watched it, I think you and I discussed it, uh, on uh, iTunes, and I just watched the, the feature uh, version that I own, the digital copy that you just hit play, and it's just taking you back to, um, you know, the, I think 
it's the that yellow bastard uh, is how they kind of they they open with Bruce Willis in that. Yeah, and we're gonna double back to it at the end. Wait, no, um, they the customer's always right. The Josh Hartnett thing opens the film, right? But he's not that one. I don't even count that as a story. Like that that is so clearly bookends, uh, and they attempt to tie it in to the big fat kill. As far as yeah, your 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 three kind of main storylines, uh, it is kind of strange that we have Bruce Willis appear and then you know come back for the I guess the the final uh, segment. I don't have a problem with it though. I I just like the general mood and tone of it, which is you know some people may prefer breaking them up because uh, you could certainly overload on Frank Miller and. I, th- I think fortunately in this instance, but not, uh, you know, more often than not, it would be very unfortunate for a writer to write <laughs> pretty much all of his characters in the exact same voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like some are the heroes, some are the villains, but they're all uh, hard edged and they're all uh, snappy. Uh, maybe that's why do you think they bookended it with Josh Hartnett? Is this kind of silent, uh, not silent, but he's definitely not as talky as the rest of the characters you know, hitman that <laughs> he has a degree of grace to him and how he does his business. That as is opposed true. To talking shit all the time. Like the rest of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, I think it serves as a really good book and, and something that is different than uh, Marv, Dwight and Hardigan, all three. You're right. Yeah. Very similar in terms of the way that they see the world and the way that they react to it. There is a bit of it is an odd grace to Josh Hartnett's um, character here. I shouldn't have said that because you off mic asked me what was your favorite character, and I I said initially it was Dwight, which is Clive Owen, who is for me on rewatch perhaps the most over the top. At least his dialogue is <laughs> uh, is you know he has a line where he like I think he's just uh, survived an explosion and he like jumps up with like dual guns and he's like you know I'd everything in me like my heart pounds like and i just gotta get some killing done and I, like i watch it now as an, an old man i'm like oh god I, like, you know, <laughs> I don't feel that at all well like, the character <laughs> even more so than marv i think is a little over the edge marv yeah. feels very much like uh you know a person out of time as dwight described it you know he would have been like just gladiator. fine in a yeah. battlefield or whatever but he feels like he belongs in he's control. got one great moment that I liked it. It's not very often in the Hardigan or Dwight uh, segments where uh, he has a, an interlude with Jessica Alba, who they also try to, you know, Nancy kind of fits in through all the stories. And um, I think she's the one that asks him if he plans to like leave town. Cause he's got himself in a, uh, this vast conspiracy with the organized religion and politics and never in this, these cannibals and, and she asked him if he plans to leave. He's like, hell no, I like it here. Like, you know, it's this, <laughs> I'm like, that's what I want. Like Dwight is missing that. Dwight is always, he's always trying to be the, the sexiest and the, the, the coolest guy in the room. And like Marv, there, there's a little bit of humor. I, I credit Mickey Rourke for, for bringing a lot of that there. He's um, so good. The all or nothing day. Yeah. They're back, baby. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. so he does such a good job. And and speaking of the dialogue that you brought up and, and the the quote that I immediately thought of and I jotted down here because I want to get it right. And I'm not sure if it's Robert McKee or it's Brian Cox as Robert McKee in adaptation. <laughs> 
but one of the things I always remember is God help you if you use voiceover in your work, my friends. God help you. That's flaccid, sloppy writing. Any idiot can write a voiceover narration and explain the thoughts of a character. I feel like maybe I'm misremembering, but doesn't he then stare at uh, Kaufman? Like, doesn't he then turn directly to, yes. to him as he says that? And then he doesn't say there's no voiceover narration for the next, like, 20 <laughs> seconds. Oh, God, that movie's so good. Fuck, it's so clever. But yeah, I thought of that quote, and I'm like, boy, without all the voiceover narration in Sin City, I think you bleed all of the pulp charm and and the identity of it all completely out of it. Hearing Hardigan be like, this guy smells bad, something like garbage, you know, like little things like that, like it adds so much to all of it. It's part of the experience. I can't imagine a Sin City without all of the narration, especially Marv, uh, you know. It it just uh, uh, doesn't make any sense to me. You can't have it without, uh, you can't have a Sin City without the narration. I actually remember being in a comic book shop and uh, this had come out and I was in the early, I, w- I would say like the, the aughts. I was a pretty big comic book guy. Like I was, I was kind of keeping up with the, uh, the medium and on t- on top of things as much as one can be on a, <laughs> on a budget without going insane, trying to follow everything. Uh, but I was definitely in that world. And I, you know, the owner was in there and since it had just come out, I'm like, Hey, did you, did you see Sin City? He fucking hated it, hated it. And I'm like, well, that's, I was like, oh, so you didn't, I, I went to the logical step where I'm like, oh, you never really liked the comics or, you know, something. Cause that's fine. If you don't like the comics, you're not going to like the fucking movie. I wouldn't imagine. Um, he's like, no, no, loves the comics. Hated the, 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 the movie. They just, they just butchered it. And I'm like, so now I'm curious. I'm like, um, well, I mean, they, it's pretty much like shot for shot. And I'm like, the tone is there. Like, I'm like, they're just reading off the page. He's like, when I go to a movie. I expect them to do something like, you know, have a fucking set. Don't just have like a black screen behind him. Like when Hardigan sing in prison, he's like, I expect them to actually do some work. <laughs> he was like, what? he was like, they, they cheated me. They ripped me off. They didn't even build any sets for this thing. <laughs> I, was just like, I, I had the hardest time suppressing, like just guffawing. Cause I'm just like, I did not expect that it was a curveball. And I mean, it was strike three for me. I was out because I just, I just did not see this pitch coming where he was like, I mean, look at all that empty space. What were they doing with their time? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he treated it like a, a class project where the students had just fucked around. And then like the night before, they're like, shit, we got to make Sin City like the feature film. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> someone get her, her handy green screen. Let's go at it. Do you know how pissed off Frank Miller and his legion of fans would be if it was like an elaborate set piece, like everything, like 
it, that doesn't make a lick of sense to me, and I'm, I'm glad they didn't. And so much can be conveyed with minimalist uh, composition. The 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 anti George Lucas. <laughs> they even lean into the stuff that they knew was not going to look cool. Most of this movie looks cool. Like you know, you you don't need the the background. You just need the the, the hero shot. Uh, you need the the sexy women. Uh, who are, uh, I guess, different variations of levels of aggression. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, my, my beloved Brittany Murphy is oh. definitely more, yeah. uh, I guess, in this case, damsel in distress. And then you have Rosario Dawson, who kind of <laughs> makes me afraid, but also titillated at the same time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, absolutely. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I'm thinking specifically probably in the uh, the hard goodbye when Marv is being... Uh, continuously in that sequence being hit by what he thinks be Goldie with a car and he's his body just flies through the air. Like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like, you know, I can't imagine, you know, what James Cameron or somebody would think of those sequences, <laughs> but, but you know, they're, they're king you into like, Hey, this is, this is part of the charm, man. This is part of the world. This is part of our humor. It's like Marv with his pills that he's, he's rubbing his eyes and he's just throwing them back in the car. And he like looks and you can tell it's like, how many did I take? Ah, oh, fuck it. Throw more on there. Yeah. I'm sort of like still kind of aghast at this guy. It's like, you couldn't read the tea leaves at all there as far as what they're, what they were going for. I like, unlike you Webb, and I'm, I'm not throwing you under the bus here, even though you were a horrible guest for, for Sin City, like opening week, your poor friend. Um, it was my brother. He like sent me like a God. This is just showing how old we are and sidetracking your lament on a previous episode that we're not doing enough classic material. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus, this is fucking 15 years ago. Like you know, a decade and a half. Or, like when Sin City came out, we would have been Goodfellas. Would have been as old then as Sin City is now. Oh my gosh. Like that. <laughs> when we put it in that frame of reference, he sent me a QuickTime file that someone they had posted like on a website it was like it wasn't a, quite a teaser but it was like a promotional piece is like hey this is what sin city is going to look like on film and they kept interspersing it with the panels and i remember like dwight holding jackie boy's face in the toilet and how his face is kind of like lit like in a comic like half his face is just dark like almost silhouette and uh my brother i was like oh my god when when is this coming out i didn't even know they were making this and he just sort of it was you know <laughs> just this blind email like click play on this <laughs> like it was almost like the star of like a, a horror movie or something <laughs> it was it was sin city and i i was like so fucking pumped for this like coming to life uh but not the comic book, book shop owner He's saying, like, I sell these things. <laughs> They're supposed to spruce them up. <laughs> I've got the boring page here. <laughs> what are they doing? I can just read it. I mean, you know, there is something to be said about what you want from an adaptation, and I think we'll talk about that uh, uh, next week. I was very surprised by the look of this film. Uh, it was, I think, unlike anything uh, uh, most people had ever seen, very exciting because robert rodriguez had been you know he's taking everything that he's learned from all of his uh, previous films from like the the spy kids and and once upon a time in mexico uh, a lot of the uh, unique special effects tricks that he's developed with years and all kind of culminated in this um there was nothing that looked like quite like this and that's part of the appeal i think a lot of people were very much attracted to it um and it was just a perfect blend of like this is the CGI that they've developed for uh, the film, and it's a perfect marriage between Frank Miller's material. And that's kind of what kept me kind of revisiting uh, the film as well. It's just, it's so uh, unique. Um, the fact that the 
backgrounds don't always look uh, maybe as realistic as uh, as something with a grandiose art direction and set uh, didn't didn't bother me. The big fat kill is the biggest issue, I think. What do you uh, mean? It's when you have a good number of the ensemble together when clearly they weren't filming with one another. Like uh, it's like the depth perception of seeing how everyone's spaced in the scene. That's where, like, eh, maybe you could have pulled back. But, you know, if it's just a close-up of uh, Brittany Murphy, like, taunting uh, Benicio Del Toro, oh, mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Just just that. Just yeah. those actors. like. And you beat me to the punch. Actually, I was just going to say, Elijah Wood and, and Mickey Rourke were never on scene together, and they have a fight sequence. And it's okay. Like, yes, going having that knowledge and going back and rewatching it, you do see some of the... Yeah, some of the magic, I guess. The movie magic is gone because you see, oh, okay, that's how they did that. Doesn't matter one bit. It's still great. And again, that's part of the charm. This is really, this is about as pulpy as uh, movies and a script gets. Like, this is hard-boiled. Like, very much so. Um, and, and it just, everything works. Everything works. It's all, uh, uh, everything lines up perfectly with the material, the director, did you, speaking of director, uh, you've got the one sequence in The Big Fat Kill that is directed by Quentin Tarantino. Um, the best sequence. I, yeah, I was just going to say. It it's clearly the best. <laughs> it's so it's the, and it's like, wow. Like it's, as much as he didn't want to be forced to shoot with the digital mm-hmm. camera. Uh, and I think we talked about We talked we about did. this in one of the earlier. That's yeah. right. Okay, so there's like. You know, this is like lost continuity uh, for the super fans. <laughs> There's one big story being told here on Trilogy and Theory. It is so clearly, even if you didn't know, I think you would be like, whoa, like, what what they what they do here? Like, this has a different vibe to it, different feel. And uh, I didn't want to say when you were asking me, like, you know, who's your favorite character? I didn't want to say Benicio Del Toro's Jackie <laughs> Boy because he's like <laughs> one of the more reprehensible ones. Yeah. But, Man, if a guy was born to play a particular part, like he's having so much fun with this and having so much fun as the dead taunting asshole cop to Clive Owen. <laughs> and I think he he like he like blows Clive Owen and Dwight off the screen, which I think works perfectly in that sequence because he has all the as the dead man, he has all the power in the world because what does he care? <laughs> like it doesn't matter to him. Uh it's so good. Such a good sequence. And, and just uh the voice work, the inflection that Benicio Benicio gives, like each line, the you know those hookers let you down. <laughs> <laughs> like, the, you're right, the taunting is just so good, and and uh, the only real revenge I guess he can give is like, oh, I'll stop the car, and then he'll the uh, the gun goes even uh, deeper into his head. Uh, and it's all that's all he can do. It's just so good, and you're right. That scene, <laughs> I I don't want to. <laughs> pat quentin too hard on the back here and i don't want to take too much away from uh uh, frank miller and robert rodriguez but boy yeah quentin that is it is the best scene in the film are are we are we saying that the comic book shop owner was right (laughs) someone who's gonna do something a little more with this (laughs) no no (laughs) just copy what's on the page (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i don't want to go that far um one of the things that i want to close with is uh, when I was debating on uh, purchasing the unrated, the uh, cut, the one with all the different, uh, the individual stories versus the theatrical cut, 
on iTunes was that the the theatrical cut came with all the iTunes extras. And one of the extras that I love in all of Robert Rodriguez's films is a 10-minute cooking school. And have you seen the cooking school one for this? Uh? Mm-hmm. Okay, so the breakfast yeah, well, long, tacos. Long time ago. Uh, he makes breakfast tacos. And I, lo- I love him. He's like, all right, the first thing you do is you take out those uh, pre-made um, wraps that you get at the grocery store and you throw them out <laughs> and then you make them fresh by yourself it's so wonderful i have never i hate to say as much as i love them, i've never been able to replicate or even attempt it i'm too scared to make any of the things that he makes have you have you ever made anything oh no oh, oh. no i feel like hyro uh that do marcus played with who uh is uh I would. I don't know if I'd call him a fan of the show because he sends in his critiques. <laughs> so I was like, "Why'd you all do it this way?" He's he's actually someone that uh, I think feels like trilogy and theory by its very nature uh, is frustratingly too much like Sin City, where it's like, "Why are you cutting it up into these segments?" It feels like, <laughs> "What am I missing? Where are the deleted scenes? Like, give me the special edition, the extended." Um, he, uh, I, I've never. I guess I should say had the pleasure. I'll I'll, I'll give him that compliment. Uh, but he he's quite the foodie and the the, the chef. He he that's his other than film. That's what I would say is probably his other uh, hobby, if you want to call it that. His other pursuit and interests. Uh, so I may have to toss the ball to him. And if he's listening, you know, he just tweet at us or you know let us know if he's if he's done Avis. He's also a fan of Robert Rodriguez, so I assume that those uh, two ships you know met in the night at some point, but. No, you could, uh, to bring my wife back into it, she's made appearances uh, throughout this month. She would say, that's a terrible idea. Like, <laughs> like I would, <laughs> I don't know what, uh, if 10 minutes would be too long or too far too short for my cooking school, but she's, <laughs> she, it would basically have to be like 30 seconds, just get in, get out, uh, or I'm going to need days, weeks, months before I have anything edible in there. So no, I've never done that challenge. On, on the, uh, Alita special features he makes his own chocolate and i was just like i i can't eat i couldn't even make the i couldn't even attempt to make the breakfast tacos i'm not gonna make my own chocolate you know uh this is gonna be mean web no go ahead um (laughs) so regal and you know whatever it's called cineworld over in the uk it's i guess the 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 company that bought regal here in the states uh announced that they're shutting down indefinitely you know until they're realistically until they're movies again product that they can sell people or people are comfortable consuming that that product in public during a pandemic and on one of my news feeds of course because i'm reading a lot about this so the algorithm says oh you give him as much as he he can fucking choke on when it comes to movie theaters and them (laughs) shutting down uh one of the articles the headline was it was like regal just ruined the dreams of alita battle angel fans everywhere and I'm like, what? Good what? God, they're already like, <laughs> Regal might not exist next year. And now we're saying they also broke the hearts of Alita fans. Apparently, there was some fan campaign because, you know, movie theaters don't have new films. And yes. so they're trying to do all these retro things. And they're yes. like, do Alita, Battle Angel Night. And Regal, you know, catering to the, the, the people, trying to keep them propped up. Like, we're going to do it, by God. And it was like they had just announced it. Like, all right, here's the night. We're going to lead a battle angel night. And then like two days later, uh, we're we're closing. <laughs> no Alita, no nothing. <laughs> oh, gosh. So I'm sorry man. for being mean. I don't want movie theaters to close. I also don't want to attend them right now. 
Uh, and I don't particularly have strong ill will towards that Alita film. I didn't really care for it, but uh, so I'm not trying to pick on people. But did I laugh like Webb? Yes, yes, I did yeah. <laughs> when I made the connection when I figured I, it out. I, I actually dug the movie. I liked it enough to want to spend more time in that world and to hang out with Alita just a tad more. But what, not during a pandemic with no, other people. Not at all. <laughs> One of the sins I think the movie commits is it sets up for a sequel that... Ain't happening. Yeah, that just like, why? Crazy Rich Asians, the adaptation of that movie is so good because it wraps up a lot of loose ends that the book um, leaves for possible future books. And oh, all those books are great, by the way. I love the second and third book of that trilogy. But now you're in a situation where how do you continue the story because everything seems wrapped up in the movie because they were smart. They're like, let's make a good movie and then we'll worry about everything else afterwards. So hopefully they can learn, you know. You hear that, Rodriguez? First step <laughs> of your filmmaking school, make a good movie. <laughs> you didn't do that with Alita. 